another live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Maybe that song was just meant to play tonight because I don't remember making that my intro song, but, you know, it's a good, maybe it's a great song for tonight because it starts out born by a little tent, in, by the river in a little tent, and maybe some of us can relate to that using your own analogy because wherever we were born, wherever we come from, it seems like we want to stay there. We feel like we have to stay there. So I just went ahead and cut the music short because, Uh, I need a little bit more uplifting music tonight. So we're just going to move right, you know, into tonight's show with our housekeeping things. And, of course, this is part two of Tired of Being Black. We have author and teacher Rodney Jordan on. And so we're going to kind of go through a – I'm going to go through a little bit of what we went through last night towards the intro part because we may have some people on that did not get to hear the intro part Rodney's uh, bio, basically, or his press release. So I'm gonna, I'll do. I would like to read that again. So for those of you who heard it last night, be patient and listen for something um, that maybe didn't you didn't catch last night. Listen for something tonight from there. Um, chat line is open, and I'm going to. Okay, we're okay out there. If you are listening um, on online with us and you want to chat, remember you do have to be a registered follower of the show in order to submit your questions or comments. You can do that right now if you're listening online. There's a prompt that says follow. You can select there, and it will walk you through that process, very quick and easy process. Or you can select to just call in 818 818- Six nine one seven four zero six again eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. It appeared last night that we had quite a quite quite a few people, good number of people um, that listened to the live show. And I'm assuming sometimes you go through Facebook for that. Um, so just be mindful; it may be a little bit different if you're listening from your phone uh, or the Facebook link. It may be a little different to register as a follower there, but just just look for the prompts and follow that process or call in 818-691-7406. Now, if you're listening on the phone with us, you do have to select the number one. Only if you have a question or a comment, I will pull you into the show by providing your area code that you're calling from and the last four digits, again, of the number that you are calling from tonight. When we pull you in, please be prepared to... Um, Make your comment or ask your question as quickly as possible, and please be uh, very thorough in that, quick and thorough in that we ask so that we can get as many callers in as possible tonight because we we have a great deal to cover, and we want to make sure that we get through all of that tonight. So here we go. Um, Reminding of the trash can process, continue to move your trash cans and let us know how that's working for you and what that is about. We ask that you, in order to promote change, because that's what trans, that's what Butterfly Evolution is about. It's about personal transformation through self-awareness, self-identity, um, basically determining who you are. So I feel it's so necessary for us to ask ourselves, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I want out of life? Where am I going? And as you move your trash can, what you would determine, most of us, that we go back to its old location, all the while knowing that we've moved it, but we often return to its old location. Each time that you find yourself doing that, ask yourself, what is it, what else is it in my life that has become a habit? Because if you are keeping up or if your mind is keeping up with 
where you put your trash, and that's very small, very, very insignificant. What else has your mind, has become a habit to you in your life? And so as you go back, think about that and start to monitor your thoughts. It is so important to get into your head and take control of your thoughts. The moment, the minute you begin to do that and understand where you are, while making a plan, or as Anthony Collins says, organizing your actions to get to the destination, or and if you don't want to start with destinations, to get to tomorrow, to get where you want to go. Just just plan today for a better tomorrow. And how you get that is your thoughts. Change your thoughts. Change your mindset. But you have to understand where where you are now in order to do that. There's nothing like knowing where you're going, but you. If you want to get there as quickly and efficiently as possible, you have to kind of know where you are. You have to know where you are in order to understand where you're going. So that's what that is about. Remember this, sow a thought, reap an action. We sow actions, we reap habits. Our habits become our character, and our character becomes our destiny. So ask yourself tonight, where are my thoughts? taking me today in my life, and is it where you'd like to go? So, Rodney, you are on with us, correct? Rodney? Okay, let me make sure we did not lose you. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. (laughs) Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Tammy, for having me on once again. I do appreciate it. Okay, great, great. Thank you. And what I'm going to do is just briefly, um, well, I'll go over. I want to read it again just because we uh, have some people that did not tune in last night. So I want to go over um, your press release again. Then we'll have you come on and, and share some more about yourself as much as you want to, kind of like what we did last night for the sake of our new people. And then we'll move right into the things that we wanted to address last night, okay? Sounds good to me. Okay, great. So for our listeners, just remember Rodney is a teacher as well and He's in the Manassas City School District, a fourth-grade teacher. Okay, so Tired of Being Black is a book by, again, teacher and author Rodney Jordan. It offers more than just a glimpse at the cultural roadblocks facing African African Americans today. It unfolds a roadmap to success for all who have lost their way. Tired of Being Black sounds like a complaint, but it isn't. It's actually a cry for change, said author Rodney Jordan. As African Americans, we we must take action to reject the things that continually hold us back. Growing up in Norfolk, Virginia, Jordan set out on a course of rebellion from an early age. He was raised by a single mother with two brothers and one sister and lived in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom duplex that housed anywhere from 12 to 16 people at a time. Against the backdrop of a city racked with poverty, crime, and despair, Jordan was forced out of his mother's house at the age of 12. He failed the 7th, 8th, and ninth grades, served numerous suspensions, and had a 1.9 grade point average his freshman year of high school. Motivated by a high school history teacher who refused to ease his path or give up on him, Jordan rose to the challenge and began changing 
his ways academically. As a result, Jordan became the only one of ten children in his household to earn a college degree from a traditional four-year institution. He holds a bachelor's degree in, in interdisciplinary studies from Norfolk State University and a master's degree in new professional studies from George Mason University. He says, I decided to write this book because I wanted to raise awareness of the negative behaviors and struggles of black people that I feel keep us back as a whole. The lesson I hope readers take is to look at themselves and their own practices before blaming others for their lack of success. I hope it at least causes them to think about their own lives and realize that they can be successful despite of hardship. So that was that is again the press release that uh, went out and, and kind of a bio as well for Rodney. So Rodney, come on in, chime in, and tell us a bit more, uh, elaborate on what I just read, and, and bring us up to speed, and then we'll move right into our topics that we wanted to hit for tonight. Sounds good. Um, first of all, I would like to. Uh, Give honor to God for having me on your show once again. Um, I do consider it a, an honor and a privilege um, to be with you. Um, and to all of the listeners out there, thank you so very much uh, for tuning in with us tonight. Uh, a special thanks to all of my family and friends who are listening um, around um, our nation um, in so many different states. I really do appreciate you taking the time to, to show us your support. Um, for me, um, you know, the last three weeks, um, I recently started uh, back in Manassas City Schools, uh, where I spent the first five years of my uh, teaching career. Um, the first half of the school year, I was up in uh, Harlem uh, teaching eighth grade math, which was a, a wonderful experience for me. Um, I am back um, home now. <laughs> and uh, teaching fourth grade um, reading and math. Uh, interestingly, that's where I started out when I first left Norfolk State. Um, I had a wonderful teaching, um, a wonderful experience at Norfolk State um, going through their teaching program. I think that it really prepared me um, for the real world of being an educator. Uh, so many different things that I learned there. Um, that I see coming coming back into my life now. And so I'm truly grateful for the education that I did receive at Norfolk State. Um, and all I can say is that God has truly uh, been good to me. Uh, the things that he's allowed me to experience, uh, the successes that he's allowed me to have, I'm just one grateful guy. So... Thank you again to everyone who's tuned in, and, and, and we're looking forward to having a great show. Right. And, you know, you shared something with me last night that I've just been on a high about. I was sharing it with my son, and I just want our, our listeners to know I'm going to brag a little bit, but Rodney shared with me last night that because uh, we had him on the show last year, and he said that was uh, the, the month that he was on, on the Butterfly Evolution show was one of his, the, the largest month for sales for you, right? That is correct. Um, okay. When I was when I was on your show the first time, um, my book actually uh, there were 105 copies of my book sold. Um, 
the last time I was on your show. So <laughs> thank you to everyone who uh, who supports your Butterfly Evolution show and who went out and purchased a copy of my book. I was excited to hear that and just, just, just humbled, really humbled about it. And, you know, as I thought about how we connected, I really still don't remember the process, and I remember trying to explain that to you. I remember you asking me, how did you hear? And I just remember hearing about it on the radio, and I remember thinking, interesting and finding you, I think, through Googling Googling you. And I'm, I'm, I am call myself Google Queen. I can kind of track people down. I just count it as a blessing. <laughs> but uh, it just seemed to get the, yeah, I don't know. But I was just, thank you for sharing that because uh, as doing this, especially this type of show, I'm thankful. And it, it, it blessed me to hear that. So thank you for sharing. I, I, I don't get caught up and even ask people that kind of stuff. So I just thank you for, for sharing that because it does mean a lot uh, for 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 me, and I thank the listeners as well because those for those who did go out and purchase the book, and I pray that they were able to receive something from it. So thank you again for sharing. Um, thank you. Let's start with. I know we talked a little bit about uh, just for the sake of making sure we hit our topics tonight. Let's start with the N word. We we talked some about that last night, so we won't have to spend so much time on that tonight. But I did want to go back there because that that word is so loosely. Uh, used in our society, but as you mentioned last night, um, when it's used by someone else, you know, it doesn't. Well, people say that it doesn't mean it's not doesn't mean the same thing when we use it amongst each other. Now, I've also heard that the root of that word. I think you touched on a little bit about that last night as well. I've heard that the root of that word was totally different from what uh, we 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 know it to be. And I may be a little wrong on that of how of what it meant, but have you do you have any knowledge of the the true root word of of the n word? Um, the knowledge that I have is that that word was used as a racial slur, and it was used to to, to bring down um, the black race. Um, if there if there are any more details than that, uh, I'm not uh, too sure, but I. Um, from what I understand, that it, it the word was used to to degrade um, the black race and, and to belittle the black race, and so um, I remember I think it was middle school. Um, one of my teachers wrote on the board um, the word history, and then they said, "Do you understand what history is?" And we all said no, and they said. If you break up the word, it means his story. And so, you know, you get a lot of different accounts of history and, you know, different historians will, will argue that, you know, things that you that you may read or research um, are not true. And then, you know, other people will say that, you know, other things aren't true. So, um, you know, we will never know for sure because we were not there unless we um, do get a chance to look at a primary source. But that is my understanding of the word. Okay. Okay. How do you feel about, um, and you expressed a little bit about this last night, so I think I know how you feel, but again, we have some people that were not on. I see some numbers that I'm not familiar with or didn't, were not on last night because I wrote them down, but um, tell us, how, how do you feel? Well, let me just take it personal. Take it personal. Have you, have, have, have someone of color, a black person, called you that N-word in a very playful way, of course, and if so, how did you deal with it? How did you address it? Or did you address it? Um, when I was growing up, 
um, and did not know any better. Um, it was the common language um, amongst my friends and I. And so, um, you know, we used the term very loosely, not really understanding what the word meant. But as I got older and, and, and gained a deeper understanding, um, it caused me to to have an issue with the word. And because of that, in today's time, I do not use the word. I understand that it is a a huge part of certain people's vocabulary and not necessarily just black people. Um, I do find that, that it is a part of, uh, you know, a lot of people's vocabularies um, from different races. And I don't try to correct people when they use the word. Um, however, people know how I feel about it because when when people use that word um, in my presence, for some reason, they feel the need to apologize. <laughs> um, and I guess that's because they know how I feel about the word. And so, um, you know, yes, when I was younger, I used the word. People used the word when they were, uh, were talking to me. Um, and I had no issues with it. But, again, you know, I was I was a child and, and I didn't know any better, I, you know. Uh, um, you know, my neighborhood, my friends, my environment was a big part of who I was. And so, um, you know, so was that, that word and, and so many other words. And so um, as I got older um, and, and decided to, to get educated, I realized that that word has no business being used by anybody or any other racial slurs. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, there was a question um, that I had for you last night, and, and I kind of want to – I was sharing with Rodney, you guys, my, my experience today. Today's been – it's been a good day. I, I'm going to claim it to be a good day. Every day's going to be a, an outstanding <laughs> day. I will, will say that. Life is outstanding. I, I know Anthony's out there. But uh, I had a lot of things on my plate today because I kind of over overbooked some things. Totally forgot today was tutoring day. I do tutoring at this school uh, here, and it's it's in a um, it's it's in a deprived area, and it really it it draws so much energy out of you that that hour and a half is like five hours. So I can't imagine you guys as teachers when you're faced with it every day, the internal stress because you go week after week after week, and you do what you do, can do in that little time time span and and these kids connect with you but at the same time you know that they're going back like like how does a child children I'm not going to say child because it's it's consistent you have the you have the spelling words they're there you get to take them home every day before the test and so this this young man told me today that he made 50 last week and I'm thinking okay what what are you doing when you get home, what? But now he started grade, so my question really needs to be to the parent: What are you making sure that he's sitting down and doing before the third grade now? So, and 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 I was thinking about this show practically since then, since that time. And I shared with him that I, I left there, dropped the person off that went with me, uh, stopped at the store, ran into the sixteen year old. Girl who was apparently in distress, 
asked her what was wrong, and she said she was trying to get home, trying to get to Whitehaven, which is on the other side of Memphis, like going out to Mississippi. She's on the I let her use my phone. She's crying. She is trying to reach anybody that will come and get her. It turns out that she did. I did talk with her grandmother. Well, this child is in foster care um, and has been for a very long time. And I was expressing to, to Rodney, the gist of the story is this, this young lady, um, father is in jail, mother is in jail. And so I just, I, I asked uh, the lady, I said, where's the mom? And that's how I found out mom is in jail too. And she says, and now before this, this, this lady is asking me, uh, I just don't know what's wrong with her. I just, I just don't know what else to do. I don't understand what's wrong with her. And so she gets to the end of the story or we're ending the story, and she says, that her, I asked her, you know, why was her mom in jail? She said her mom is in jail for selling this young lady from the age of four to eight, that she was prostituting her out. And so instantly I, my mind goes, and you guys are wondering what's wrong with her. She's now 16. Both parents are in jail. She's in foster care. And you're asking or wondering what's wrong with her. And, of course, after tutoring and, and then running into that situation, it just makes you really wonder what our children are going through. And I know this show is not about the kids, but somehow we, we got on the kids last time too, Rodney, if you remember, we ended up talking about the kids. And so maybe it's, it's just... It's hard to talk to me and not talk about kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's, I, I mean, really, because I said we kind of we got off subject the last time, the first time you were on, we really got to talking about the kids. And maybe you guys... We need to just really understand this because our kids are our future. And right now, future is not looking so bright. I mean, really, because the things that they are, they are going through, the things that they are exposed to, it's on a different level. Minus the Nikes, minus all that stuff, the mental things that they're going through because of the people who are raising them, the dysfunction that we have in, and, and also trying to parent. Our children, you know, as we as we prepare to talk about the breakdown of the African American woman and the civil rights, you know, which we we in talking about the civil rights, we're going to also have to talk about the modern the modern women uh, the women's rights in that because I think it's so important. I really do feel that as women, and I'm very hard on women because I'm hard on myself. I feel as though we are the foundation. And we've lost our way. Regardless of whose fault it is, we've lost our way. And our kids, because of that, are losing their way, have lost their way. That's personally how I feel. Some people feel different, and they, they, they put it on the man. There's, the man does have some responsibility, for sure. But there was something about a woman there's something about a woman being the glue, the foundation. When a woman can operate in that era and in her purpose, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say operate according to the word for our Christian folks, for those who knock down the doors on every Sunday, knock them down, but life is not changing. They're not seeing their own dysfunction and bondage. So that's why I, when I when I read your book again, 
all of all those emotions came up about because if I just be honest, y'all, sometimes I, you, you're saying tired of being black comes from a different perspective. Sometimes I, I I I think I really am, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. But you continue to look and you continue continue to push. I don't have a child. My son is 25 years old, and I'm thinking if I can go out on Tuesdays and tutor. Then can't you, when you get, when this child walks through the door, make sure that he sits down and get get his work? I don't care what color you are. And if we don't, it, it's beginning to be an all over thing. Basically, it's beginning to be a common denominator. So I want to really talk about the breakdown of the African American woman. I know that was one uh, where you wanted the Willie Lynch letter, but that portion of it, I want to really, really uh, spend some time on the breakdown of the African-American woman. And, and Rodney, how do you feel about women, without getting yourself in trouble? I've been in trouble since November 6, 1982. I'm okay with it now. <laughs> but, but what do you feel about <laughs> women being the glue and the foundation? And then I want to share something that was sent to me, but I want you to just kind of talk about that. How do you feel about um, the fa- women being the foundation and accountability. What 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 accountability do we have as women? Do you think? I know you're not one, but what what is your opinion on that? Um, well, when when I think about women, uh, when I think about the ideal woman, I always go back to Proverbs 31 in the Bible, and I think about that virtuous woman. And um, I don't think that there is a better description or a better um, way to to describe what a woman's worth is or what a woman's um, role is in life. I I completely agree with you. Uh, When it comes to men, naturally, men are protectors and men are providers, naturally. Um, But when you think of a woman, you think of a nurturer, you think of a caregiver, caretaker, you think of a virtuous woman, and... And so, you know, in today's time, I think we get caught up in uh, the fact that, you know, we we need two incomes in a household. Mm-hmm. We get caught up in, well, there's no father in the household. And so we like to just get stuck on that issue. We like to get stuck on, well, these children are the way that they are or this boy is the way that he is because he's being raised by a single mother and she cannot teach him how to be a man. Maybe she can, but that woman can teach her son how to be a decent human being. And that woman can teach her son responsibility. 
That woman can teach her son accountability. She can teach him an appreciation for life. There are so many things that that woman can teach her son. She doesn't need a man. She can teach her son. She can discipline him. She can show him the right way to go. She can, she can raise him that way. And even if there is an absent father, I guarantee you that woman knows at least one man who would be glad to be a role model for her son. But we tend to focus on what's not there. And I don't care how much we bash fathers on TV, on the radio, in the newspapers, in magazines. It does, it does not matter how much we bash them. You cannot make a man decide that he wants to be anywhere. You can't, you can't, you can't change that. So since you can't change that, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit around and make excuses? Are you going to sit around and feel sorry for yourself? Are you going to sit around and feel sorry for your children? Or are you going to step up and make sure that your children have the best life that they can have? Are you going to make sure that they can have the life that you want them to have? And I don't just mean monetary things. Will your children be respectful people? Because those children will not be children forever. They, they will become adults. And I think that we have lost sight of that. I think just like we were talking about last night, I think that we are more interested than making excuses than making solutions. It is very, very hard for me to feel, to feel sorry for someone who is not elderly, who is not handicapped, or who is not in a position to where they can't do anything about their situation. It's hard for me to feel sorry for any, anyone other than those people. It's hard, it's hard for me. Because you know what? I didn't have the greatest life either. Some things came my way just because life does that to you. And some, some things came, to, came my way because I was hard-headed. But regardless of what came my way, I can, I, I can tell you it was nobody's fault but mine. The things that I allowed myself to get caught up in, I'm not mad at anybody for that. I've forgiven myself for things that, that I've put myself through. I've forgiven other people for the things that they may have said or done to me. But it's over with. And I've moved on from those situations. But Ronnie, was there was there something that was there a time where you felt um as though you could you were not going to get over those things? And, and and what do you think, if so, what helped you to get to that point where you could forgive yourself, forgive others in order to embrace this life? Um, there are a few things. Um, and I'll say, number one, never underestimate the power of prayer and 
don't ever, don't always rely on other people to pray for you. Pray for yourself. But understand that God is not going to move in your life until you move in your life. Understand that. And then on top of that, the support of family and friends helped me get through a lot of things. Um, it was not always easy for me, um, but I've always made it. And I remember not just after my freshman year in high school did I have a 1.9 GPA, but I had a 1.9 GPA at the end of my freshman year in college. And I went into I went into college with a goal that I would finish with a 3.0. And at the end of my freshman year, I had a 1.9. I had a 1.9. And it wasn't because I was partying and doing a bunch of crazy and wild things. I just wasn't focused. But instead of blaming other people, I set myself down. And I had to make a decision. Either I was going to be about getting an education 100% or it was best for me to just leave it alone. And I, and I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I knew that that was my calling. I knew that that was my purpose in life. And so I said, you know what? Everything, that I'm, everything else that I'm doing needs to take the back seat. And so I went after my degree wholeheartedly. And guess what? When I had three semesters left, I was 22 years old, and I decided that I was going to marry a woman who was 33 at the time, and I was 22, and she had three kids who were 3, 8, and 13. And I stopped going to school because I wanted to be a husband and I wanted to be a father. And I did that. And so I stayed out of school for a year and a half. If I only had three semesters left and I would have had my degree. But I dropped out of school. And, and, and I knew that, my, that, that, that everyone was so disappointed because they thought if anybody was going to make it, it was going to be me. And so I heard about it and I even felt it. But it didn't change anything. And I can tell you, for the three years that I was married, I was a great husband. I was a great father. But towards the end, I knew that I had to get back on the track that God wanted me to be on. And I did that. And I finished. And do you know that even after having a 1.9 GPA at the end of my freshman year, when I graduated, I had a 3.01. Because I was that determined still but even after my bad start, that I was going to reach my goal, and I did it. And it is very hard for me to feel sorry for people. It is very hard for me to be okay with excuses because if I did it, then I know that other people could do it too. And I could tell you, when I was going through my divorce, there were days I would sit in my room because at this time I just decided to move on, on campus. And I would sit in that dorm room, and I would cry. I would cry. I would sit in that room, and I would ask God, why do you still care? Why do you still love me? It was bad. Couldn't tell anybody, because I didn't think anybody cared. 
There were many days I wanted to just ball up in the corner and didn't want anybody to bother me. And one day I heard a voice, and I hate, and, and I'm not one of those people that be like, God said, but something came to me and it said, whatever you do, just don't stop going. Whatever you do. I know that you feel bad. I, one day <laughs> when I got home from work, it was about 1230. Um, it, it was a little after midnight. And I took a shower, put my pajamas on, got in bed. And when I got up in the morning, I didn't feel like putting on any clothes. So I brushed my teeth, washed my face, kept my pajamas on, went to class. And in my mind, I said, I dare anybody to say anything to me, not understanding that nobody knows that those are clothes I'm stuck in. But that was a very, very low point in my life. But no matter how I felt, I kept going every single day, never stopped. And because I kept going, God blessed me. My first year teaching, I was nominated first year teacher of the year. My second and third year, I actually won the award for the whole city of Manassas. I was asked to coach basketball. I knew nothing about coaching basketball. But the two years that I coached in the middle school, we won the championship both years. The two years that I coached for the high school, we made it to the state playoffs both years. And the first time we made it, that was the school's first year making the state playoffs. So my advice to anyone, no matter what you are going through, just hang in there. Because one thing about trouble, it comes, but it also leaves. It's just a matter of you staying put until it leaves. Don't make any decisions, especially not any major ones, while you are suffering. But just hang you in. Know, that, that's important because as, as you go through any type of transformation, change, any time, and this is one where I just won't bend on, that you are trying to change, you're working to change your life, People assume that it's going to be this, well, I won't say glorious thing, but they don't anticipate the days where um, the lows. They don't they don't anticipate the low days, um, the discouraging days. And so, what they do, in my opinion, is they they return. They just say, "I'm going back to what I know." It's kind of like the trash can thing. You just want to put it back to where you moved it from because I know where it is, and 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 trying to remember that I've moved it and all that. And so. And what they do is they go back or they just stay where they are, but they keep, they bring on the, that same mindset that they've been trying to leave behind rather than keeping going. And I like to use this analogy. It, it came to me one day, and I actually posted it on Facebook about what is your destination. If you were leaving point A going to point B and you did the map quest, but somehow you get lost along the way. You don't turn around and go back home and start over wherever you started from. Let's just reroute you from where you are now and let's get back on the road. Because to turn around and go back home and then map quest it again, it sounds crazy to do that. But if we think, if we use that concept in life, think about that. You've grown no matter how much you've grown, no matter if it's a baby step, but to turn around and go back and start over, 
and then go to your destination, it's just going to take you that much longer. You're going to have to deal with some stuff again. It's so important to know that when you go through this process, there's going to be some lonely nights. You're going to lose some people. You're going to almost some days feel like you're losing your mind and that it's not worth it. But if you keep your mind on or remember where you came from, and as you said, just keep going, you will continue. You will continue to see your personal growth. And move forward. You'll be incur- you'll become negative to some. I mean, allergic to some of the things, the negative things in your life, and the negative people, um, the stereotypes and the struggles. You you will feel like you're immune to those. But it's the work that we don't want to consistently work at it and feel that pain sometimes, in order to to for healing to come. That stuff has to come up and out. All those things we've been that has been put in our head, that we've taken on, the mindset, the bondage, the struggles, as you talk about, they're not going to leave just overnight. And I think that scares a lot of people. So, Yep. <laughs> um, I want to, let's go back a little bit. I wanted to comment on, you were talking a little bit earlier about the two, you know, two income, people feel like they have to have two income households. And, of course, that's because of the things that we uh, that we want that we don't need, a great number of things. I feel like a lot of mothers will be could, could stay home if they really make sacrifices to do so, at least for the first few years. Uh, I think that should be something discussed before marriage or or at least, Try to see where you can cut some corners because our children are raising themselves. And by the time the parents get home, you know, and and let's flip the script here. We're talking about tired of being black. There are stereotypes that that kids come home to an empty house. And I'll tell you, a great many of uh, people of other race, you will find the the mother working, but in most cases they're doing something like party light. Uh, where they can go in in, ho- in homes when father can come home and they can go out and do a party here, a party there, have a little change. But also it's smart because not only they got a little change coming in, they can write off so much in their household until it's, it's, it's just crazy. They can write off their mileage. They can go out and eat, write it off. We don't sit down and take time to gain that knowledge. For the for the most part, I'm not saying overall, but we need to do better. We simply need to do better. And when people are trying to share things and promote positive and change and transformation, open your mind up to that. If you don't want to do it every night, I look at Facebook. There are shows on Blog Talk. We don't even have to know you are listening. You can listen without us knowing that you're on there. Just say, okay, I'm going to step out of my box and I'm going to listen to at least one positive show that just might help me change. But you've got to understand the need for your own personal change in order for you to think that you even need it. But if we look back to where we are, I agree with you. I agree. I I mean, really. So I wanted to address that, and it reminded me of a show, um, Conscious, Conscious King's, Conscious Queens honoring Conscious Kings. And the question was asked, what can we as as mothers and women do when we're raising young men, when we're raising young boys without fathers? And one of the answers was just be, don't try to be both. 
just let us see you as mother in your virtuous state. Just let us see you being mom, doing what mothers do. Then if if you need to go out and get someone, a man, to come back and help us on the other side. And that was that was profound for me because I feel like I, 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 I try to be both, so much so until I probably miss some of those motherly moments. But and many women probably can attest to that is, is we feel like we got to wear both hats. And so this young man said, you know, just be mom. Just allow us to see you as the, the mother and the woman and see that virtue in you um, and not try to wear both hats. And he said, because you can't. You cannot be dad. You are not. You cannot be that man. And go out and get someone else to do that, a man to do that. <laughs> So I want to read something that I got as we um, – now, which do you want to – let's tackle let's, – let, let me read this first. And this came from um, a person – I didn't ask if I could share this, so I won't say their name, but maybe we can do that later. Uh, it says, just remember that through your womb the world is born. Women have always made hard look simple. Difficult look easy and impossible a cinch. You earths are the key to the mission. That is why I impress upon you all to wake up and feed us. The truth is the women have the power and have been put in a deep sleep, which is why her children are asleep. I know you have touched a lot of people and the ancestors are proud of you and the journey you have undertaken. And it was that was that's powerful to me in a good number of ways, going back to women being put asleep. That's the part that stood out to me the most and then going on a bit further and that's why the children are asleep as well. What are your thoughts on that? Um <laughs> I don't know. I I I think it's a I think it's something that is natural, but I have always had the utmost respect for women. Um, I remember even when I was just a young boy, like, um, I could never use profanity um, in front of a female, um, even if they were my age, even even in front of my sister who was, you know, who was... um, Two years younger than me, I could I, I could never use profanity um, in front of in front of a female. I I felt like I couldn't even like spit in front of <laughs> in front of a in front of a female uh, because for some reason I've just always had um, nothing but respect for for women, and, and I just feel like women have such a great place. In our society, I think that women have a great place in our homes, and just from from my own experiences and 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 things that that, that I've seen, um, to any single mother who is listening, let me tell you, you can definitely make it. You can raise your child. Um, on your own. You can do it because history has shown that it can be done. 
My mom and dad were not together during my childhood. However, I survived, and I think I turned out to be a, a, a decent human being, um, and so did my siblings. Um, you know, so I, I just think that, I think that women should take pride in being women because being a, a, being a mother, I think, is just a very sacred thing. I think that is a very special um, person to be. It takes a special person to be a woman. And uh, while, we're, while we're on this subject, if you don't mind, um, a lot of times on Father's Day, men don't get a whole lot of recognition. And even when men are, are, are being recognized, um, I see it every year on Facebook. Um, it starts out with, to all the real men out there. That's how it always starts out. And I have a problem with that because there are a number of women who are not necessarily living up to the role of a mother or the title of a mother. But just the fact that here's a woman who has children, we automatically give her glory. We automatically praise her. It doesn't matter what state her kids are in. It doesn't matter what she has done or has not done as a mother. Just the fact that she has children, she is honored. But when it comes to men, it's, well, to all the real men out there. But there should not be a difference to me. And I'm sure that there, that there are people out there who, who disagree with that. And I'm okay with that. But we need to stop that. And if you are a woman, again, take pride in being a woman. Take pride in being a mother, a grandmother. Take pride in being a lady because I can promise you, you are someone special. Society has, no matter what we see, society has a great respect for women. Society holds a special place for women. And I think that women need to understand that. Because I can you know, tell you that if it were not for women, <laughs> there are a lot of things in my life that would be jacked up today. There are a lot of things that have, have gone right in my life that would be jacked up today if it were not for a woman. How do we get women to understand that? I, I, I think about Aaron's, um, I, I think I mentioned Aaron Jordan to you last night after the show, um, The Power of a Woman's Worth. Great, great, great read. Um, I didn't get to read all of the book, the portion that I did and had him on the show. But how do we get, because women are reading the books for the most part, some of them, a great number of them. They're following the posts. They're coming in on posts. Posting, but how do we get back as as we walk as we start the, the conversation on um, the the 
breakdown of African American woman. I want to read that part, but as we go into that section, and I want to, we got some comments in the chat room too. I want to get to you guys. Hold on, just a second. But how do we get women? And you can we'll we'll get the chat in, and then we can come back and answer that question. But how do we get women to understand that power, um, that strength? Because again. As, as the note that came to me, just remember that through your womb, the world is born. That's powerful to know that we, and, and when I sat and thought about, wow, I have life in me, and this life is going to be in me for nine months, and then it's going to come out, you know. That, that, that was crazy to me because I, I never wanted to do that, but I didn't plan on having children, I'm going to say. And I thought, what, nine months? You think about that. You are walking around living. And and that, to me, that alone speaks of the power and the strength. And some of these, I mean, nine pounds, eight, I mean, really? And you live? We live. We live through this. And so I want you to think about that question and, and answer it for us when we get back. We have, um, let's see, start here at the top. And some of you are in this call in. We want to hear voices tonight. Um, let's see, where do we start? Vibration Station, Anthony gave us a website, blackhistory.tribe.net. Uh, from there, there's a whole lot there. Maybe I'll post that after the show. And then he says, our history will show us that it was used uh, toward present greatness of kin kinship, but to reverse the energy of that. And I think he might have been talking about the the, the woman, uh, the breakdown of the African-American woman or the switching of the roles, I think. So, Anthony, if I'm wrong on that, let me know. And then a Mary Bellamy for your success uh, show. The virtue of a woman defines how sh how she carries herself um, in every aspect of her life. So true, so true. And I think as you were talking about, um, let's see, something you were saying about oh, a woman can teach a, a son how to be human, how wonderful hum, human beings, responsibility and accountability. I thought of something similar to what Aneri said. That's where that takes me back to. She also has to be living that or should be living that because if you're teaching me that, especially young men, I mean especially young men, the way that a young man looks at his mom or thinks of his mom at that age, I mean I can remember, I know y'all get tired of me talking about Brandon, but Brandon was in the fifth grade. I will never forget this because I thought I was going to have to, to, to hurt the little the little child, the little boy, him, because this man spoke to me and said that I was beautiful. And you would have thought that this man had just said something so cruel to me. Um, <laughs> but it was something about that man coming up to me in that way that made him so angry until he didn't say anything. We were traveling. He didn't say anything for the rest of the trip. And he actually wanted to say something to the man, like, don't come to my mom like that. And I'm like, really? But it's something about the way that young men look at their mothers, almost like they want to protect them in a sense. And when they feel like this out of control or they can't, you know, it's just like I think I mentioned that the young man who said he was uh, he was he was very disrespectful to his mom because he wished he could help her more. So he was angry because as a 14-year-old, mom is saying, you, you, you go to school, you do this. She's working the two jobs, and he's angry with her because it's just her himself and his sister. So he says he's disrespectful to her because he wished he could help her more. So there's so much going, in, going on in their heads, but 
So, so when we come back, I want you to focus on that too. All right, so we have there are very few true support systems for men to mentor them into being good fathers. Okay, I got that one talking about the mothers raising the young men. That is so true. We do need uh, more men to step up in that area for those men who are not or those homes that are not that, that do not have men in them. We need the grandfathers to step up, the uncles, the cousins, the neighbors. We do. We need them to talk up. And then Anari confirmed that she and I had talked about earlier women and mothers being able to stay home or choosing to stay home, choosing to stay home. Anari and I were sharing stories of, of sacrifices, basically, that we made in order to be able to stay home those first, at least those first few years of life. And she's making that sacrifice even now with her with with children being a little bit older. So we just have to find a way. I just see it like this, you guys. If you I said last night that and I wanted to come back and say this, that parents that, that some teachers just don't need to be don't need to teach. Some people just don't need parents either. It goes both ways. Some some people just need to be put on lockdown when it comes to parenting. And we can pretty much see that after one. <laughs> I'm right there I mean, with you. That that we it's just it's it's just one of those things you cannot get around it. It is what it is. We need to start dealing with things as they are. Everybody is not not built to be a parent, not meant to be a parent. Every, some people think they are, and they realize they're not. So don't do it again, and get help to raise the one that you have. Ask for it. Don't let that child's life be in vain. Don't. And that's what I guess I, I, I don't get when it comes to um mothers because I, I don't I don't see I just don't understand it. I don't. I don't understand it. So let's see. Okay, for those of you who are listening by phone, remember if you have a question or comment and we hope you do, I see you out there. Select the number one, chime in on this. Um, am I being too hard on the ladies? Um, not hard enough as we prepare to talk about the breakdown of the African-American woman, and let's reflect it back to the Civil Rights Movement. Um, Rodney, if you don't mind, uh, anything on that before? I'd like to read the breaking process of the African-American woman, If uh, unless you have something to get in before we read this. It's a little bit lengthy, but not so bad. Uh, let's jump right into it, and, and, and as people uh, call in with questions or comments, I would love to to hear them, um, and I'm sure that you do too. And uh, I know that there were a lot of people who who tuned in last night who had questions and comments, but we just couldn't get to them all. So, any questions and comments out there, please, please, please uh, share them with us. I can I can assure you that we are not easily offended. So. Um, you know, I would like to hear the, the questions and the comments of, of the listeners, so please feel free to join in. But I, I would rather you go ahead and jump into that, um, and let's okay. see how it goes. Okay. And I want you guys really, uh, just to piggyback on what Rodney said, please get in, because this is how we address and heal. This is how we deal with the things that are before us, that we're dealing with, the struggles, um, the stereotypes the setbacks, all of this, by talking, communicating about them. So as I read this, some of you maybe have heard this before or read this before. Really open your mind here. I know that some people say that this is not true. This was uh, the, the 
Willie Lynch letter, the contents is not true, but I really want you to open your mind for just a minute and hear this, and we want your questions, your comments, feedback, whatever. Okay, so this is the breaking process of the African woman. Take the female and run a series of tests on her to see if she will submit to your desires willingly. Test her in every way because she is the most important factor for good economics. If she shows any sign of resistance in submitting completely to your will, do not hesitate to use the bullwhip on her to extract that last bit of blank out of her, and I won't say that word. Take care not to kill her, for in doing so you spoil good economics. When in complete submission, she will train her offsprings in the early years to submit to labor when they become of age. Understanding is the best thing. Therefore, we shall go deeper into this area of the subject matter concerning what we have produced here in this breaking process of the female inward. We have reversed the relationship, and I want to say that again. We have reversed the relationship in her natural uncivilized state, okay? In her natural uncivilized state, she would have a strong dependency on the uncivilized male, and she would have a limited protective tendency toward her independent male offspring and would raise the male offspring to be dependent, to be dependent like her. So it says that she will raise that male offspring to be dependent like her. Nature had provided for this type of balance. We reverse nature by burning and pulling a civilized, it says the N-word, apart and bull whipping the other to the point of death, all in her presence. Now, mind you, this took place back in the day. This took place back in time of slavery, okay? So remember that. By her being left alone, unprotected, with the male image destroyed, the ordeal caused her to move from her psychological, psychologically dependent state to a frozen independent state. In this frozen psychological state of independence, she will raise her male and female offspring in reversed roles. For fear of the young male's life, she will psychologically train him to be mentally weak and dependent, but physically strong because she has become psychologically independent. She will train her female offspring to be psychologically independent. What have you got? You've got the N-word, sleep and, un- and, and economics. You've got, so you've got us asleep, and I'm asleep. Yeah, that's exactly what he said in, our, in the posting that I got. Um, so you have them sleep and then economics. Before the breaking process, we had to be alertly on guard at all times. So get that. It says before the, bre- the breaking process, we had to be alert alertly on guard at all times. Now we can sleep soundly, for out of frozen fear, his woman stands guard for us. He cannot get past her early slave molding process. 
He is a good tool, now ready to be tied to the horse at a tender age. By the time the boy reaches the age of 16, he is soundly broken in and ready for a long life of sound and efficient work and the reproduction of a unit good labor force. Continually through the breaking of uncivilized savage ends, by throwing the female savage into a frozen psychological state of independence, by killing the protective male image, by killing the protective that word, protective male image, and by creating a submissive, dependent mind of the male slave. We have created an orbiting cycle that turns on its own axis forever, unless a phenomenon occurs and reshifts the position of the male and female slaves. We show what we mean by example. Take the case of the two economic slaves and examine them closely. So, Understand that it says unless a phenomenon occurs, we need to be that. We something needs to occur. So I'd like for you guys to to comment on this. What do you think about this, uh, Rodney? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually read this um, letter um, probably about ten years ago. Um, an older gentleman uh, who I used to work with um, mentioned it to me and uh, told me based on my my views, my opinions, that, that, that I should take a look at this letter. And, and I did. And it blew me away because I saw so many things in this letter, not, necess- not, not just uh, where it talks about the breaking process of the African woman, but, but just the letter as a whole, and uh, even the parts where it talks about playing the old against the young, the black against the white, and the light-skinned against the dark-skinned, and um, this letter was just very bothersome to me, and then when I, um, um, you know, when I was in... Uh, my last year at Norfolk State, um, you know, I, talk, uh, I brought this letter up, and, and my professor said, you know, that was the first time I heard, you know, that there was um, not a whole lot of proof uh, when it came to this letter. But uh, my mentality has always been that whether anyone can prove this letter or not, um, if you look around you, and I don't care what color you are, um, and I know that there are probably some listeners who are not black who who may want to, to, to chime in and, and may want to voice their, their, their opinions, but uh, may be afraid to. But I think that if you look around you, if you read this letter, and all you have to do is Google um, the Willie Lynch letter. If you Google this this letter and you read it, whether it is true or not, whether or not it is a hope, you will find that this letter um, is present in our society today. Um, and I really think that families have been broken down. Um, I really think that women have been broken down. I think that men have been broken down. And I honestly don't think that slavery ever ended. I think slavery just took on a on a different form. 
And and the reason why I say that is because slavery slavery was about people being in bondage. And I look at and I look at so many people today and just see people in bondage. Um, I see people being oppressed and sadly we don't have to be. Uh there is there is freedom spiritually if you believe that Christ died on the, uh, on the cross for your sins. There is freedom um, physically or naturally because of the laws that have been put in place. And so there is no reason for anyone to be enslaved or to be in bondage. But we tend to be. Um, I was listening to, in relationship to, to, to what you just read, I was listening to um, a radio show um, maybe about two years ago. And the host um, said um, the reason why um, there are so many single women out here um, is because women have have taken taken on a different role when it comes to relationships. We have so many women in power, which I'm not about it. I'm okay with it. Um, and I think the host was saying that they were too. But women have taken that, and then they get in relationships or they try to start dating, and then they want to control the man also. And then the man does not want to be controlled, or the man is not about that, and so it creates an issue. Um, because, you know, the man who does not want to be controlled and if you think about it, even if you read the book of Genesis, God gave man power over a lot of things. God made the woman, um, the mother, over a lot of things. But one thing we have never, as people, we have never been given the power over other people. Never. But there's a breakdown there, especially in our families, and it is not just limited to just black families. There there are families out here struggling because we no longer understand what it means to be a family. We no longer understand what it means to be a man. We no longer understand what it means to be a woman. We no longer understand what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a wife, because we've gotten so far away from that. It is no longer about eating dinner as a family. It's no longer about, and I can tell you, when when I was married, I got off every, I got off work every day at two or five. I was waiting at the time clock by 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 two o'clock because at two or five I was leaving because I knew that my oldest child would be, would be off the bus and home by 2.30. And it was in me to get home and be there when, when he got there and then when the, the two younger siblings got there. It was in me to do that. It was in me when they got home, okay, relax, you just left school, get you a snack, chill out for a minute, gather yourself for about 30 minutes. But then we're going to do some homework. And this is really a 22 years old, raising a child who was 
why are you younger than me? But that's how I was. Because there was, there was not going to be anything to keep me from giving these children what they needed. So I made sure that homework was done. And there was no such thing as rushing through the homework. And I wasn't a teacher at the time, but I wasn't stupid either because I could, you know, I could do their work. And I was going to look at it. And they knew that. And so those kids went from not doing so well in school to being on the honor roll. But we don't have that anymore because we're so caught up in everything else. And me, going back to what you just said, if you're not ready to be a parent, there's nothing wrong with not being a parent. There's nothing wrong with that. But for some reason, we feel the need to be validated. And so we feel, we feel like, oh, well, I know that if I have a child, all of a sudden I become important because I have a child. All of a sudden... Society is going to look at me as this great person just because I'm a mother. All of a sudden, I'm the greatest thing to slice bread because I just had a baby. And so we do that, not understanding that there's a great responsibility that comes with being a mother. There's a great responsibility that comes with being a father. And, and sadly, we don't understand that because what we have done is we have conformed to the ways of this world. We've conformed yes. to that. Yes. Everything that we see on TV, we, we got to do it. We have to be a part of it. We cannot express how we really feel. We cannot live how we really want to because, hey, I'm going to offend somebody. Somebody's going to stop talking to me if I really tell how I feel about this issue. I'm a Democrat. Everybody I know is a Republican. So if I say how I really feel, my Republican friends are going to leave me alone. So we stop. We stop. We don't go any further. I'm just going to hold everything I feel inside. If I say how I really feel, it goes against everything that I may have learned growing up, or almost everything. It may go against what my mom or my dad wants for my life, and so I'm going to do what everybody wants me to do. But then I'm going to sit back and be miserable instead of just doing what I want to do or just doing what I know is right. It is okay as a parent, it is okay for your children to have a better life than, than you. It's okay. It is okay for your children to grow up and make more money than you. It is okay. It's okay. But we have a problem when it comes to these things. Why? Because we have low self-esteem. And because we are insecure, we're jealous. And so instead of uplifting each other, instead of promoting things that will make our families better, that will make our society better, what do we do? 
we find everything we can to break each other down. And sadly, sadly, from my experience, it is more common amongst the black race. And that is so very sad. You know, Granny, you, you, you've touched on a lot. Let me jump in a minute here because before I, before I lose my way here, but I want to go back, and I'm going to read a very small portion of the first part of this where you, you talked about how the differences. But if we before that, if we look at women, I want us to really think about this because we've been focusing a lot on the, on the woman, um, how that we feel we have to have two uh, incomes, so, our, so you have three, four kids, and both parents are trying to work in most cases, to keep something or get something that we really could do without. Aneri and I, for for your success show, we're talking today, and we were, again, sharing each other's sacrifices, and I was telling her that I chose, and I was a young mother, instead of pampers, I used diapers so that I could stay home a little bit longer, you know, or for that first year or two. So So I literally washed diapers. That was a sacrifice. And people were amazed by that, but I, I I saw at an early age that I just my child is not going to be a, a product of society by any means necessary. Whatever I have to do, wherever I have to go, it will be different for him for sure. So we look at women today. Women think about us today. We're stressed. We're going into under the knife by the numbers. Every, just about every woman I know. It has to have something taken out, according to the doctor. It's time. You're 30 years old. You're on blood pressure medicine. I've never seen so much sickness going on. So where are we? As we think about working hard to get the big house, two or three cars, the purses, men with the the gators or whatever, whatever. We barely go on vacations together as family. So we're working to do all this. But if you take a vacation, you can't leave home. you got to stay around. So where has it gotten us with all this freedom, with all this these rights, with all this role reversing where I'm trying to make six figures and do the same job, I want to go fight just like you fight, and, and I get over there and I'm crying trying to get back home because I can't take it. With all this, look at society today. Where has it gotten us? Look at our kids. They're, they're as emotional distraught as we are at our age they are at the age of 12, 13, 14. We talked last night about kids committing suicide in the sixth grade, seventh, eighth. It keeps going. There's so many things that we could say maybe we don't know for sure, but look at what's going on in our environment. Look at what's acceptable. Look at what's idolized. And we sit back and we just let it happen. We just let it happen. Even in our homes where we have the control, we let it happen. We let the world, society, raise our kids. We dictate. We fuss about prayer not being in school, but we're not praying at home. Rodney, you and I talked about the, the, the white doll with the book over the holiday time. They was making a fuss about this white doll came with a book where the very same doll in, in the in the black aspect, no book. You're fussing about that on Facebook, but are you reading to your children at home? Are you buying books for Christmas and actually sitting down reading? And I'm talking about the the masses, the majority. Are we doing that? 
And so when you talk about are we sitting down to really assess our lives and, and our, ourselves, our own thinking, our own doings, are we really assessing? Because once you do all that you need to do in your house, once it begins and ends in your house, then you, you are able to take it out and complain about it. But if you're not doing it in your house, you need to keep quiet. You need, don't expect the teacher to do what you're not doing at home. You, you just can't. So we got to, the responsibility lies within and in us and on us. So I want to read a little bit. I'm not going to get deep into this, but you brought it up, and I think it's a great time to bring this in. I'm going to start halfway down. Um, I have a foolproof method for controlling your black slaves. I guarantee every one of you that if installed correctly, it will control the slaves for at least, 300 years. My method is simple. Any member of your family or your overseers can use it. I have outlined a number of differences among the slaves, and I take these differences and make them bigger. I use fear, distrust, and envy for control purposes. These methods have worked on my modest plantation in the West Indies, and it will work throughout the South. Take this simple little list of differences and think about them. On top of my list is age, but it's there only because it starts with an A. Now, I think about age, and I think nobody wants to grow old. Grandmothers don't want to look like grandmothers. They don't want to babysit. They don't, they, they, they don't want anything to do with the grandbabies. They'll tell you, I'm a new age grandmom. I don't do all that. Really, they will do that. The second is color or shade. There is intelligence sex, size, sex, size of plantation, status on plantation, attitude of owners, whether the slaves live in the valley, on a hill, east, west, north, south, have fine hair, coarse hair, or is tall or short. Now that you have a list of differences, I shall give you an outline action. But before that, I shall assure you that distrust is stronger than trust and envy stronger than adulation, respect, or admiration. The black slaves, after receiving this indoctrine, shall carry on and will become self-refueling and self-generating for hundreds of years, maybe thousands. Don't forget, you must pitch the old black male versus the young black male and the young black male against the old black male. You must use dark-skinned slaves versus light-skinned slaves and the light skin versus the dark skin. You must use female versus the male, and the male versus the female. You must also have white servants and overseers who distrust all blacks, respect and trust us only. But it's necessary that your slaves trust and depend on us. They must love, respect, and trust us only. Gentlemen, these kids are your keys to control. Use them. Have your wives and children use them. Never miss an opportunity. If used intensely for one year, the slaves themselves will remain perpetually distrustful. And if you think about all those differences, where you live, what your, what color your skin is, how tall you are, how short you are, um, what you look like, where you're from, where you work, we don't look at who are you, what's your value, do you have morals, do you have values, or do you have integrity? 
Everything is about the outer appearance. Aren't we doing that today? So you, make, you, make a really, <laughs> you make a really good point. So the lines are open, you guys. So any comment on, uh, we do have something in the chat lines from Aneri. Again, the most painful thing about the letter is the physical and material suffering women suffered than, than women today volunteer themselves to do. Let me make sure I'm saying this right. Um, the most painful thing about the letter is the physical and mental suffering women suffered then, women today volunteer themselves. They they set themselves up to be physically used and mentally abused. Great point, because this is a good time to bring this in. I wanted to mention this, and Neri, you're the cause of this. Me saying this. Let's, for example, we meet a woman meets a man, and he has three, four, five children, maybe three, four, five baby mamas, and he's not taking care of any of them any of them, and then you go and you just feel so special, like you're gold, I guess, and you have one more from him, and you expect different. What is that about? Who does that? Where are we mentally to do that? I've had my grandmother tell women, baby, he means you no good. Don't give him the time of day. Now, if a man's grandmother tell me that, don't you think <laughs> I should set him on fire or something? Don't you think I should run? And they stay and not get one baby but two or three babies, and he already has, I, I, I'm ashamed to tell you how many. <laughs> really? Who, where are we? And that's what I mean by women have so much power. It's, 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 I, I don't know. Where are we? Come on. Okay, Rodney, get in here. <laughs> um, one of the things that, that, that I've said, um, um, and it bothers me, you know, we, we, we hear all the time that color doesn't matter, but yet every Time I have to fill out a form. Guess what? I got to tell somebody in black. But I but I hear all the time. Oh, it doesn't matter. Your color doesn't matter. But every time I fill out a form, somebody needs to know what my race is. If my color doesn't matter, why do I have to check that box on a scholarship form? Why do I have to check that box on a job application? Why do I, every time I want to do something or need to do something, somebody needs to know whether or not I make up the minority. Somebody needs to know that. The government needs to know that. And then if you're bold enough to ask the question, you're here we have to interview a certain number of minority candidates, or we have to have a certain number of minority candidates in order to receive specific funding from the government. So it does matter. 
And my book is is to promote the idea of, you know what, we have a lot of successful black people, but you know what, it would not hurt to have a few more. It wouldn't hurt to have a lot more. Mm. And there are, while I do not doubt that racism still exists, I'm pretty sure that it does, there are a number of things that we as black people, as minorities, there are a number of things that we need to stop doing that brings our race down. But in addition to that, it does matter. Racism does exist. Our color does matter. And I'm not blind to that. That is very realistic in my world because I know that it's still there. However, there's not a single thing, a black person, a white person, an Asian person, I don't care if an alien falls down from Mars, there's not a single thing that anyone will stop me from doing if I really want to do it. And we have to understand that. We don't understand the power that we have just as a human being. Right. We don't understand the power in education. So we'd rather be ignorant. We don't understand the power there is in numbers. We don't understand that. Because we have gotten away from what the struggle was all about. We've gotten away from the fight. We've gotten away from that. And keep in mind, not every single white person was still slavery. Not every, not every white person was. So we, we forget these things. We want to we wanna be so proud in February, and then March 1st, all of a sudden, we take 10 steps backwards. All of a sudden, we're not so proud to be black. Hey, right. Rodney, we have a couple of callers. Let's get some calls in with maybe some different um, perspectives or, or comments, questions. Let's bring in, and remember, I'm going to pull you in by providing your area code and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from. So we're pulling in 757 area code with the last four digits of 1665. Caller, thank you, and you're on the air with us. Hi, uh, this is Leon. Uh, I'm just calling to, uh, to add a comment to the show. Okay, thank you. Uh, Go ahead. No problem. I, I, think it's, I think it's very important that you brought out the Willie Lynch letter. And, and what it does, I think it, it enlightens us as a, as a culture that the biggest part of slavery, slavery was never the physical labor. It was always the mental abuse. And I think, and, and, and I think it was the mental abuse uh, that we now think most of our culture think we overcome and we counter slavery by gaining more materialistic things. So we, we figure that we get back at slavery by buying more jewelry, by buying bigger cars, by getting the house we couldn't afford, by eating the meals that we couldn't eat before. And we forget that the mental part of slavery, the mental captivity that we faced in those times still exists today. We're still in that grunt we're still in that mental grunt, and we think we're overcoming it by obtaining physical things and getting more materialistic things. The Willie Lynch letter 
is coming from the source, coming from the master source telling you that it was never about the physical torture of being in the field. It was never about having you work 16, 18 hours. It was all, always about controlling you mentally. So now that I allow you to have success or to get materialistic things, as long as I have you mentally, I still have you in, in a piece of bondage. So I think the biggest part is education uh, as far as schools and universities, but it's also a, a awareness that we have to make sure that as parents, as mentors, as leaders in our community, that we are also giving our young people an awareness as well as the education that it, it is it is a mental part that you have to it's a mental part that you have to advance and it's not just materialistic gain that can take you out of that slavery mindset. You know, what you just said I, I say you need to write that down and publish it. It could be a two page book if you may. But that was powerful. That means really I'm looking at the part here, keep the body, take the mind. That's also in the in the Willie Lynch letter as well. And and we I hear people that were that grew up in homes where father or mother was alcoholic or abuse, and I will hear people say, "Get over slavery; it's over." But then they are taking a pill to to wake up and taking a pill to go to bed and to main just to stay in existence throughout the day. But you're telling me you can't get over that, but you want us to get over the the mental effects of it without, and, and like Rodney said, every time we go to fill out an application, it reminds us. Every time one of our children are beaten and killed, it reminds us. Every time we feel that we're not free to do just because of the color of our skin or we're not worthy enough because of the color of our skin, it reminds us mentally, especially our children, because we are so asleep as adults for the, the most of us. So you could not have said it better. Thank you. Rodney, I'll turn it over to you. Um, I, I really don't have uh, much to come, uh, to come back with. I think that uh, that was a very powerful message, and, and uh, I really hope that um, every listener takes that to heart because that was truly powerful. Um, and I will say this, um, and he knows me very well, Leon is is what you would call my my brother from another mother. <laughs> uh, Leon and I actually met back in 2004, and um, we we've been brothers ever ever since. And and um, we are different in a lot of ways, but we have we have remained brothers because we benefit a lot from each other. And and I always like shut up when he's talking because of the profound things that he says and um so it's always good to hear him share his uh share his insight and his views on, on, on different topics. Well I'm gonna go back and listen to this portion of the show and make sure that I write every word down verbatim. <laughs> so if you don't post it I will. Thank you. Any anything else, Leon? And thank you again. That was very, very powerful. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, uh, no, no. I think that's all. I think you guys are sharing uh, uh, some fundamental insight, and, and I and I just hope that we are all we as listeners are applying and sharing the messages that we heard today. Thank, thank you. 
thank, you. I thank you guys for your effort. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure. Okay. Thanks, All right. Let's, put, <laughs> let's pull in. We have a caller from 301 area code with the last four digits of 1296. Caller, thank you, and you're on the air with us. We have 301 area code, last four, 1296. Going once, twice. Okay. All right. Well, if you decide to come back in, mute yourself out, uh, select the number one, and then you will have to select the number one again so that I'll know that you are back into queue. And that was 301 area code, 1296, the last four. All right, um, let's see, what have we not touched on? Wow, lots of information here. Well, the civil rights, how, let's talk about that. How do you, how do you feel, where are we now with that, uh, Rodney, in your opinion? Um, well, let's think about it. We fought for the right to go to school, am I correct? But now you have to fight us to get us to go to school. We fought for the right to vote. Now you have to drag us out of the bed. You got to pump us on the radio, pump us up on the radio just to get us to go and vote. We wanted to be in the front so bad. But now when we walk into classrooms, we go straight to the back. When we get on buses, where do we go? Straight to the back. No matter where we are, we go straight to the back. So the things that we fought for, now you got to fight us just to get us to do them. And my guess, because those who fought for those rights Many of them are no longer living or, or no longer in a position to do anything about them. Mm. It, it appears to me that we wanted rights when we didn't have any. It appears to me that we were so hungry and so thirsty for knowledge when we were denied an education. That is when we wanted these things so bad because now we have them, but we no longer hunger and thirst after them in general, not saying everyone, because I know for me I'm an ambitious person and I'm always looking for ways to improve my life, and I know plenty of other black people are too. But just in general, it's not there. Every time you turn on the news, and, of course, the media is going to promote the negativity, but we have so many blacks incarcerated today. We have so many blacks. I, I can tell you one of the most offensive things that I've been a part of was when... I walked into a meeting and learned that black males 
have the lowest reading scores. Not just in the in the school, but in the whole city. Right now, I took offense to that. Because so many people were, were beaten, were hung, for trying to learn how to read and how to write. Yeah. But today but today it's a joke and and, and, and those are children. But we have adults who are not trying to promote it because we're 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 so fascinated when our children can 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 use profanity. We're so fascinated when our children can twerk. We're fascinated. We're blown away by these things. We got to make sure that they have tennis shoes that cost $200, a pair of jeans that cost $500. We've got to make sure that they can keep up with all the reality shows. We've got to make sure that they fit in. And when we say, oh, I want to make sure my child has a better life than I had, all it means, just like Leon just said, is materialistic things. But I want my children, whenever I have them, I want my children to have a better life than, than I had growing up. And let me tell you, my parents did the best that they could with what they had. And that's everything that they had. But see, my parents could not afford to pay for me to go to college. So you know what? When I have children, I don't want my children to have that financial burden. My mom dropped out of school. My dad graduated from high school. He didn't go to college. And even if my children don't go to college, I want them to be successful in their own means. That's what we need more of today. You know, what what you said about the things that uh, we fought, they fought, for to be able to go to school. And and we really, I mean, I think of the, little, the young man that I tutor. It's obvious that he goes home and there's nothing asked about school. It's obvious. It's obvious. And, you know, you, you look for... You just look for you look for any way to motivate. You hope every time you see the the child that it's something that they get from you that makes them feel worthy, capable. You know, it's it's like you you try so hard to say the right thing. You try any gestures, um, just to, just to get their attention and, and to give them like like what what you said about a teacher just would not let 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 up on you basically he wouldn't let you make an excuse he didn't let you take the easy road um, and how that fueled you but to hear you say what you just said about the things that were fought for I think about Frederick Douglass he talked about how he would he would get the slave owners children to help him read he would work all day in the field and stay up trying to learn how to read at night. And he said, they were able to enslave my body, but I never allowed them to take my mind. And to hear 
you go further and say the things that people fought and died for us to do, we take granted. We take them for granted in the most sick way. And I have just never heard it quite put like you or Leon just put it. And it's disturbing. It it really is more so for me, for the children that are coming along in such confusion, such pain, such anger, um, and all the above, just trying to find a way to exist in this world. I was on a um, I was on a radio show um, uh, a few weeks ago, and I did not know that I was going on this show for for, uh, for my book to to pretty much be uh, thrown out into the garbage. And for the, for the host to, to, to eat my book alive and to try to eat me alive. Um, but even when I noticed that early on in the show, I stayed on. And and I listened to the host and I listened to um, her callers, um, who were very vicious, by the way, um, in their remarks. And I listened and I sat back. Um, and every time I tried to jump in um, and say something, I was cut off. And one of the callers um, said, I don't think that many of our um, young black people even know the, 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 the national black anthem. And he said it to belittle the younger black generation. But I don't think he realized, and maybe the host didn't either, I don't think he realized he, he, he took a shot at himself and everyone older than him. Because if the younger black generation is struggling today, if the younger black generation is ignorant today, if we don't know certain things, whose fault is it really? If you know the black national anthem, how many people have you really taught it to? Wow. And so so much of while we're on the while we're on the willingness letter, and that's why I said, whether it's a hoax or not, pay attention to the content of the letter. Right. It was about playing it was about playing the older against the young. So here you have these people, granted, I'm 31, they were, 30, they were 37 years old, six years older than me, but they, they, they acted as though they were in their 60s or their 70s, maybe in their 80s. That's how they acted. And they pretty much took a shot at everyone who was born in the 80s and after. But if the younger generation is ignorant, whose fault is it? If you feel like younger blacks should know things, are you teaching them? But see, they did not want those things to come out. They didn't want to address those issues. But whose fault is it that we have so many children that are lost? Whose fault is it that our younger generation is lost? Whose fault is it? Because I can tell you, 
I have taught hundreds of, uh, of kids and I've coached a great number of kids over the last five and a half years. And everything that I know, guess what? I shared it. I shared it. And I know that there's a lot I don't know. But what I did know, what I do know, I can tell you I did not keep it to myself. But we don't have enough of that going around, you know, and and, and we sit around and we w- want to jump on every single case of racial profiling we think we have a right to do so, which is fine because unfairness is a problem. We we need to address it. Yes, we do. Racism is a problem. It's it is going on, yes, we need to address it. But what about the things we are doing to ourselves? What about the things we are doing to each other? Are we doing anything about those? We have so many people in power. We have so many celebrities. We have so many people who are in a position either with their radio shows, with their TV shows, with their, with their status, with their money, that are in a position to change the world but are doing nothing or very little about the real issues. We'll attack George Zimmerman. We'll attack him. But are we doing anything about these rap videos that promote violence amongst blacks that have nothing to do with white people? Are we going after those people? Are we going after these reality shows that are teaching our women to de- to degrade themselves? Are we going after those? Are we going after these these celebrities who are teaching our our youth to be ignorant? Are we attacking those people? Right. But we're so quick to hop on. Oh, this is wrong. This is racist. It may be. But what are we doing to promote a better society? What are we doing to promote education? What are we doing? Or even, or even, and we have a caller. We're gonna, we're gonna let, let's tell you what. Let's bring the caller in. Bring the caller in. We're gonna bring in from eight oh four last four digits zero nine nine nine. Caller, thank you, and you're on the air with us. Hi, my name is Tamaria. How are you all? We're great. How are you? Thank you for calling. Oh, no problem. Um, The one thing I wanted to say, and I think you all had great comments tonight um, from both you, from Rodney, um, Leon. I was able to hear what he stated, and I think all of that is great, and I do agree that we do have to change our mindset, and we do have to start promoting one another, as Rodney just stated. Um, And the one thing that I'm taking away from the conversation last night and tonight is that when we know who we are, we know whose we are, and we, we also know what we're capable of doing, I think we can overcome any of the obstacles. Anything that Willie Lynch may have written over 400 years ago, we can overcome those things because right now the state of black America is at a pivotal turning point. And as you stated earlier, Tammy, um, and it was also in the letter, we have to be that phenomenon that shifts our culture. He said that it would take a phenomenon, but I think that we can be that phenomenon, and I always believe that we're here to change the world. Um, because I think every day we each have an opportunity to lead by example because you never know who's watching. You don't know who you're mentoring. You don't know who you're impacting by just simple actions 
even something as simple as saying hello and telling someone they look they look nice, that could change their whole viewpoint regarding themselves. They may have low self-esteem, but you saying that gives them hope knowing, hey, someone noticed. Because a lot of times I think because people don't know who they are, they're not confident, they don't understand the impact that they can have, they do things that they always did. So, again, every interaction I think is an opportunity for us to encourage someone to start changing the way people think about themselves. Um, And if they know how important they are, they will desire to do better um, and then live their lives knowing that their lives do matter and that no matter what their profession is, no matter what they've done in their past, that they still have an opportunity to change the world or to impact the society in which they live. Wow. We've had some wonderful comments. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, and and to go a little bit further, I, I want everyone to just commit to, if you see someone that's not doing what they're supposed to do, tell them. Speak up, especially when it comes to our our children. I just reported someone, and I'm probably gonna gonna I'm gonna have to probably just really go some people for this, but it's okay because I I no longer am going to sit aside and watch a child's life be destroyed. So about two weeks ago, I reported someone because this child is not in school, and and it's gone a year past it, and everyone is saying, well, I don't know why, and I don't know what they're going to do. Really? Really? But you see this person with just their life going on. I mean, seriously, partying, doing whatever, and this child is coming on to the, we're coming into the end of this year. Really? So I want to just encourage everyone. I, I had Dedrick Golden, who's running for mayor here, he says if a, if a guy calls him and he has kids and he knows that he's not spending time with his children, uh, especially boys, because he has boys as well, he'll, and if they call wanting to hang out, he says, he says, no, man, I tell you what, when I get my son, you go get your son and we go play ball or something. We go do something together. He's holding these guys accountable. Women, we need to do the same. If your girlfriend is going out one, two, three, three nights too many and you know their child is failing, or need a little bit more help, you know, why don't you stay home and, and, and you know, I'll come over. Let's, let's, let's help Johnny with uh, his spelling. Something. Let's, let's, let's bring it to the forefront. If you lose them, hey, you lose them. But I guarantee you what you say to them will stick, and they will have to deal with that sticker one way or another. They have to deal with it or they'll have to fight it. But one thing about it, once they hear it, they can't erase that. You can't erase that. How you deal with it, that's on you. But let's start holding people accountable. So, Rodney, anything? Thank you again, caller. Rodney, anything for the caller? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I would like to give Samaria a shout-out. Um, for those who don't know, that that is my boo. That is my heart right there. Uh, always yeah. in my corner, always looking out for me. Um that 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 is my boo right there. We 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 need more women um, like Tamaria. I know we started off the show uh, talking about um, you know the the importance of 
women, the importance of African-American women. And if I could pick a woman, especially a younger woman, um, who is the perfect example of how people should carry themselves, um, that is definitely Tamaria. And so I am so grateful that she is in my life. Um, I'm so grateful that she um, wants to be with me. I'm so I'm so grateful uh, for for the relationship uh, uh, that I have with her. Um, Fellas, sorry, find your own, but she is mine. Uh, but that is truly, <laughs> that is truly a special um, woman right there. And so, but I, I didn't think catch God it that that was her when she first came on. I'm so sorry. Now you know you have to tell us about the trash can. You cannot come on and give that great speech and not talk about the trash. Can. <laughs> How that, are that, you, that, that, <laughs> that is my B right there. Come on, boo. Tell us about the trash can. We're running out of time. <laughs> oh, wait. Am I still on? <laughs> yes, you're still on. How are you? I have the best boyfriend ever, and I did move my trash can today, and I did not, when I, um, I actually went to put something in there, I did put it in the right place. But I, I will say that I am grateful to have um, such a great man and a great example um, because for a while, I'll be honest, I was starting to give up hope. But uh, thanks to a great friend, <laughs> Leon, um, <laughs> I met this nice gentleman, and um, I am I'm very excited, and we both have a desire to really impact our generation and those younger than us and even those older than us because we believe that it's possible, and I don't think God gave us these desires just because he did give us these desires so that we can change the world, and I think everyone has an opportunity to do that. Even if it's one person, you don't know what that one person could do down the line. So one word of encouragement, I'm a strong believer, really makes a difference. That I'm just grateful. I'm grateful how things are working out. I'm grateful for Rodney. I'm grateful for you, Tammy, and your show. I'm grateful for Leon and everyone that I've encountered throughout my life and that we meet helps shape who we are. So um, thank you, you for having me on. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm grateful for you and just for the women that come in my life, whether they're in the city that I live in or not. I've been praying for God, send me send me some women that are not okay with this bondage. They're not okay with the strongholds. They're not okay with the things that we go through as women, and they're not afraid to talk about them, expecting change, learning how we are so alike in so many different ways, but have still have such differences that can bring us together even the more. So I'm thankful just to to, to get to know you through 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 Rodney. So I'm thankful. I want you to leave that trash can where you moved it, and want to know how long you go to where you moved it to. And if you make a slip up, I want to know about it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, thank you again, and we have. We've come to the end of our show um, again, and we can keep going on the line. It's just it cuts off the people in the chat line. So um, thank you again. I, I just I'm, I'm honored to have you call in, and, and so thankful for you to just try the trash can, baby. So thanks again for your powerful words. Okay, well, um, Rodney, anything else you want to add? Again, we can we can keep going. We still have callers out there. 
Um, anything you want to add? Anything you think we did not hit on? Um, I do. I, I do hope that um, all of uh, the listeners have enjoyed the show. And um, again, I would like to encourage everyone to like my um, my page on Facebook. Tired of being black? Just type it in the search engine. Um, and the book will come up. Go ahead and like it. Uh, we do appreciate your support. Thank you for for having me on again, Tammy. Um, those who would like to purchase a copy of my book, um, you can uh, get it from any uh, any book retailer, including Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. You can download it to your your Kindles. You can download it to your Nooks. Um, my my book is available. Um, through my uh, my publisher, our universe. Um, if you would like to to send me um, a message and let me know how um, I can help you in any way, um, to any listener out there, um, I'll be more than happy to assist anyone um, in any way that that I can. Um, I have a great passion when it comes to working with um, young people. Um, I feel that it is necessary. I feel that it is time. Um, that we start to move forward and not get complacent um, or not be okay with being stagnant anymore. So anything that I can do to help anyone, uh, please let me know. You can reach me at Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, Literature, L-I-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E. That is all one word, JordanLiterature at gmail.com. But thank you. I, I am truly grateful for for this experience. I'm truly grateful for um, everyone who has tuned in tonight and last night. This has been a pleasure. It has. And and, and listen, is there a link um, that that our listeners or someone who's wanting to purchase your book, say, online, is there a link to where they can go and purchase it directly offline? Say that one more time. Is there a link that you have, for instance, is there a website or some type of link to where they can purchase your book um, directly um, offline? Uh, directly offline, um, mm-hmm. I would just I would just recommend going going to just any um, any book publisher's um, website. Okay. 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 I was asking because I was going to say if you if if so we could I would be okay with putting putting it on the website for the people who go to my website to be able to directly. I have did that uh, for one person and working on it for another person, and I think what's going to end up happening, I'm going to have a page just for promoting other people. And so if that ever happens and you want to do that, let me know, and what we'll do is we'll link it to where when people are visiting my site, they can click on the link for you and go directly to your site or to whatever site that, where they can order your book. Okay, that sounds great. Okay. And let's see, um, I think you've given out all of your information. And do purchase the book. For our listeners, if you have not, please purchase the book. It looks like I'm going to purchase one again because mine is missing. I have looked high and low, and uh, it is not here. So someone, I think I know my son has it, but he's not going to give in to that as I share with you, Rodney. But um, that's okay. I'll order it again because I just like the the copies in my hand. So thank you, Rodney. And, again, you have an open invite on the Butterfly Evolution Show. Whenever you all want to come on, uh, if you think of a topic that you want to address uh, that we need to talk about, you have an open invite here um, 
I'm all for transformation. You guys seem like great, great people, and and we need more of that. So let's let's make it popular. Let's bring some things back to the table. Our kids really do mimic, and society does too. What they see, they they want to do what's popular. So we who have it or get it, we need to start making some things popular, like creating families, staying with, staying as a family, taking care of our children, uh, reading. You know, like going out to the parks, having picnics, doing things that bring us together. You know, so that's what this show is about. I hope that everyone has taken something from it. Uh, please go back and share the archive show on your on your sites, on your pages, uh, your you know Facebook page. Just share the site, get it out to as many people as you can, and uh, let's just continue to 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 help promote change and transformation and awareness. So, Rodney, again, thank you for your book, thank you for your time. Um, I just can't say enough. So, I really, really thank you for coming back on. No, no problem at all. Uh, thank you, and uh, I hope that um, I can be back on pretty soon. Anytime. I, will, I mean that. You have an open invite um, whenever. Like I said, think of another great topic. Let me know, and we'll make it happen. Okay? That sounds good to me. Okay. All right. Well, good night, everyone. Thank you all again for doing two nights with us. Uh, I'm just humbled the experience to have you join us another night so that 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 says that speaks volumes about there are some people out there that want change and and there are other things that interest them than what the world throws at them so that being said continue to move your trash cans continue to spread your wings and fly and continue to work on you be the change that you want to see in the world that being said we're going to say good night we do have two shows monday and on next week um, we're talking about the breakdown of the African-American family the first night. and I'm sorry, but I don't remember what the second night is. But it's a continuation. We have the same person on, and we're actually doing a two, two-part show. We have two radio stations joining together, and that's uh, the Vibration Station, Anthony uh, D. Collins. He's author of Life is Outstanding. And then Andre Curry out of California, who just kind of digs deep into our culture, our history, and all that. So it's a two-part series, and it's Monday and Tuesday. If you guys can come back and listen, I'd be honored and just humbled to have you. If not, please do listen to the archive show at your convenience. So that being said, everyone has a have a great night, and thank you all again. A special thanks to you, Rodney. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, so it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our heart through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak life. Other days my 
thoughts just fall apart I do, I don't, I will, I won't It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well, it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble with every step 